This is Sid Haig for Nightmare Junkhead. Listen, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that when making a cup of hot cocoa always melts the marshmallows just right. My name is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. That's a deep pull there. Yeah, and on today's is. episode, we are talking one of my all-time favorite horror films from the 80s, and it's the third film in our horror show series at the Alamo Draft House. I am talking about Tom Holland's Fright Night. For real. But before we go any further, let me remind you guys, we are part of the ever-expanding Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your fang hole. <laughs> and don't forget, guys, also, we are on Facebook under yes. Nightmare Junkhead, and just added... And we just got a Twitter account. On Twitter. We are at Nightmare, at Nightmare Junk. Nightmare Junk, which is a lot of fun to say. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Junk. I wanted to make sure it wasn't too long, so you know you didn't you know right. waste 140 some odd characters. <laughs> just just putting it in. Putting yeah. it in. Yeah, we couldn't do that. But um, definitely like us on uh, Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of nightmare shenanigans. Oh yeah. And speaking of nightmare shenanigans, here in June, mm-hmm. we do have some horror films that we are going to be hosting here. So if you're in the Kansas City area on June 4th, which is a Saturday, yes, and this is exciting it's not officially the horror show but it is but it's yeah it's it's, thir- it's a 35 millimeter print of one of it's our, my favorite of the dead trilogy i would have to agree day, of the, day of the dead it's it's, it's i'm saluting uh, yeah, i'm saluting you can't theater see the mind th- there right so you're gonna get to see bub you're gonna uh-huh. get to see all the savini gooey goodness in his gore um mm-hmm. it's one of the better ones walter Sobchak and walter Sobchak, mm, yeah. which uh, we'll have to do an episode on it I oh think, yeah just regardless <laughs> just for shits and giggles because it's funny even just to talk about that yeah mm-hmm. but uh june 4th uh day of the dead on 35 millimeter and then on june 27th again at the alamo uh we're going to do a mondo screening of cat in the brain mm. which it has been it's been a minute for us since a I've seen long that minute since i've seen that but it is a mondo screening which means we're giving away something good and I believe it is the LP. Um, yeah? Mm-hmm. Either way, what if it's an LP or a poster, but if it's Mondo, if it's Mondo, it's quality. Damn so, right. And that yeah. means also if it's a Mondo screening, we're going to make you do something a little bit more embarrassing, mm-hmm. much like we did with Pet Cemetery. Because dead is better. Dead is better. <laughs> uh, so, but... To bring us back to front, we are talking about the horror show. And the mm-hmm. horror show, for those of you who are not familiar, if, if you're unfortunate enough not to have an Alamo in your right. area, because it is something they do nationally, the horror show is all horror, all 35 millimeter. Yep. And we get to pick this one. And that's the beautiful thing of it, because um, the film we're going to talk about tonight, it's one of the first ones that I just focused in yeah on because you beeline that one dude i've talked about it a lot in terms of building up with this and we're finally getting to talk about it but uh when we do the horror show uh episodes we like to bring in special guests and in this case we have an excellent guest and it's mm-hmm. one i'm really happy we have him for for a number of reasons here um you can hear him talk soundtracks and scores on his own podcast called from and inspired by you can read his work over at cinepunks.com as well as modern vinyl uh you've heard him talk john carpenter with us over on our sister uh podcast nerds of nostalgia making his first appearance on nightmare junkhead our good friend welcome, welcome to the basement <laughs> welcome to the podcast nick spacek 
Hi guys, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. Well, when you guys were doing that intro, I was watching the movie Behind Genius, <laughs> and it's just, it was boobs. It's uh, boobs, yes. Uh, so I was, uh, I'm a little distracted right it's now. It's okay. No, uh, we like to throw boobs on in the background just for the, create a nice ambiance, <laughs> you know, for our guests mm-hmm. here. So before we get into Fright Night, fangs deep into Fright Night, if you will, mm-hmm. nice. where can people find you out on the social media? Uh, you can find me at Nuthouse Punks on the Twitter uh, and Nicklaus Mouse on uh, Instagram. Uh, I'll make you figure out how to spell that. I was going to say, that sounds very challenging, actually. Uh, N-I-K-L-A-U-S-M-A-U-S. E. I was waiting for the Mickey Mouse, you know, the... So, excellent. So, And you can find From and Inspired By it. From and Inspired By dot com and at... Uh, on the Twitter and Facebook at From Inspired Pod. Also on iTunes as well. So yes, it is on iTunes. So make sure you subscribe to that one, guys. Put it on your weekly rotation because it's a lot of fun. Bi-weekly. Yeah, bi- that's okay. Same thing with nerds. <laughs> I know it's like people are like wait weekly. <laughs> um, so when um, so we I originally approached you. Um, I gave you a couple of options here because we were, I, we wanted to have you back on uh, to do this. And of the options we were looking at, it was Sleepaway Camp and Fright Night. And ultimately, we were kind of denied on Sleepaway Camp for 35, but then you were like, you know what? Fright Night's oh, yeah. still pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And I'm eventually going to approach why I think it is the just perfect horror film of the 80s. And I know that's saying a lot because in terms of horror, the 80s kind of peaked. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's when you had just some of the all-time great effects, characters, stories, films, franchises. But for me, Fright Night just hits every little nook and cranny. So before we, I get into that, kind of give me your background, Genius Nick, just in terms of your, your history with Fright Night. Um, I can't even remember the first time I saw it. It's like one of those movies that was on TV, you mm-hmm. know, like on cable and things like that, where I would see bits and pieces of it. and I, So I can't even remember the first time I watched it all the way through. But it's just like one of those where the more you watch it, the the more you watch it, like as you get older, the more stuff you pick up. And it, I, I, I'm almost inclined to agree with you in, in terms of like it being like sort of the penultimate '80s horror movie, and and good and bad in terms of '80s because there's some yeah. very '80s stuff going on in it, which I don't think it's to a detriment because it definitely gives it that timestamp. Yeah. Um, did it? Did, did it? So you didn't see it in the theater, Genius by any chance? No, did you see? Okay, I, it was a rental. It okay, was yeah. based on the cover alone. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, the cover art. And here before, I was trying to find who did the cover art for it, and I cannot find anything online, hmm. which is maddening because back we've talked about it before on Nerds. We've talked about it on Nightmare before we had the internet. You went. Solely based for the most part on your selections yeah, for better movies. or for worse. Yes, right. Mostly on for worse. The, oh my god, that's that's <laughs> the truth, man. But in terms of just a fantastic cover, just something that draws you in, it's scary. Mm-hmm. First oh, yeah. and foremost, it's a insanely scary cover. This is one of those that I remember I would see it. And I would kind of like not make eye contact with it and just kind <laughs> of like gingerly walk by. Oh, I would scamper by it because it's intense looking. I mean, you have basically the vamped Amy character uh-huh. above this just unsettled house with just the uh, little Charlie in the background in a window. It's perfect. Like even the font for it is fantastic. Fright Night with the fangs. With the fangs yeah. And, yeah, it's perfect. Like even just based on that, it's it draws you in. Mm-hmm. So on just the surface level alone, Fright Night works. Oh, yeah. Um, this is one of those that for me was constantly on HBO. And I was very fortunate enough to have HBO growing up. So this was yep. one of those that I was able to see and see and see. Yeah. And 
for in terms of uh, Brown, because it came out in 1985. You think about 85 in terms of what we had for horror. Um, you had you just recently had Nightmare on Elm Street come out. Uh, that was 84, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've at that point you've got um, Friday the 13th Part One, Two, Three, Four came out in 84, I think. Yeah. Or is that? I think it was eighty five. Was it eighty five? Okay, so yeah. around the same time as Fright Night, uh, the Halloween franchise. You had Halloween three. We were still waiting on the return of Michael Myers. I think mm-hmm. we had till eighty eight. But you still had so many good horror films that weren't necessarily like old school horror because this is first and foremost it's a vampire flick. Yeah. And if you think about because you know, the eighties, you've got some phenomenal vampire flicks. Uh, Near Dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lost Boys, Vamp, uh, all fantastic. Captain Chronos, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> oh, shit. You're going I'm, deep with I that there. I always enjoyed that movie. Well, you think about uh, Fright Night came out in 85. I think that actually the last then vampire film that came out before that was, I think it was like in 79 because you had uh, Herzog's Nosferatu, I think. Yeah. And then from some 79 to about 85, you really didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons I love this film so much is I think it kind of predates Scream a lot in terms of the metal meta textual analysis of the film because there's that great bit that uh peter vincent talks about when he's like you know all young kids want now are like demented hot maniacs and hockey hockey masks hacking up young virgins Uh, it's uh fantastic um so fright night written and directed by tom holland came out in 1985 um in terms of what i think works so well with it and we'll just start in terms of talking points the cast yeah from front to from just top to bottom you just have really good actors yeah. in this. I think what sold it for me was Evil Ed. Oh my god, I loved Stephen Jeffries, who I am a I'm a fan of. Yeah. You know his roles in Fraternity Vacation. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Heaven Help Us, uh, Nine Seven Six Evil, uh-huh. which is why he didn't do the sequel. Right. Which is yeah, I know, right? Which is I Fair don't know trade, if that's, I think yeah, because we'll talk about the sequel later. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Jeffries is a genre favorite mm-hmm. and. He's basically he plays kind of like an audience surrogate for the most part in in terms of a horror fan because he's first and foremost presented as the horror expert in the world of Fright Night. Mm-hmm. I and, always identified with him, and he's always giving Charlie shit, like lots oh, of yeah. shit, like like constantly from the get. Like, why are these dudes friends? Because he's just busting yeah. his balls. Well, it, also, like honestly, like in terms of giving Charlie shit, like Charlie kind of deserves shit because Charlie is kind of an asshole. Charlie is kind of an asshole. Like at, from the very beginning, I like. Uh, rewatching this uh, for the first time in like a couple of years was the thing that I noticed. I'm like, Charlie Brewster's kind of a dick. Well, like, maybe there's a reason he only has like one kind of friend. One kind of and, friend, like right? his girlfriend ends up, you know, banging Chris banging Chris fang banging. But because uh, the first thing you see when he opens the movie is Charlie's trying to get in like Marcy Dershey's pants, and she's like, no, and he's like, no, she's like, no. Oh, okay. God damn it. When, Charlie, are we, when are we going to bang? Yeah, it's now. And then he doesn't. And then he doesn't. Right? Because oh, he's, he's, well, he's pulling rear uh, window on it, man. And that's the other thing. You've got this very Hitchcockian vibe going on. It's rear rear window meets vampires. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, William Ragsdale plays Charlie Brewster. And I've always loved William Ragsdale from, yeah. like, I always remember him from Herman's Head. It, mannequin. Ma- oh, I think that was Mannequin 2. No, no, mannequin 2, two on, the on the Move. On, on the, the Move. move. <laughs> yeah, don't forget. The God the help move. this trio of people uh, here that we. <laughs> know all that too well and then um amy played by amanda bierce marcy who darcy yeah many people know as marcy darcy mm-hmm. so that kind of forms our little trio of our teens 
as close as they are to teens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, and let's face it, you know, they're you know, probably pushing in the 20s. He looks like a law student. He really does, actually. And that's actually perfect because he technically, you know, in terms of when you go into the sequel, it gets into the college level, which mm-hmm. is more age appropriate. Uh, but it's basically the, the premise, premise of the whole film is uh, Charlie Brewster, he's a typical horny, horny teen. teen. Trying to get his, you know, swerve on this and that, and he happens to see uh, new people moving into the next door, and they may or may not be a vampire. Now, obviously, through the movie, we realize right away that the guy's a vampire. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the beauty of the film is how it plays on the paranoia and how no one believes him. Just no one. Well, because I mean, he, it's a very non-believable thing. Like course. if I says, "Man, my next door neighbor is a vampire," he's like, "What have you been smoking, dude?" And I'm like, "Oh, for real, dude, where's the body? Somewhere." Yeah. And it plays on the like the paranoia of that. Um, but the vampire himself, and my God, and I'm promised <laughs> oh, I have to get too gushy here. One of your man crushes. <laughs> Holy man. shit! Like ri- like rivals Kurt Russell. I won't lie, but um, Chris Sarandon is Jerry Dandridge. I. In the hierarchy of vampires in films, I think he's he ranks way up there. He's he's the he is sort of like the platonic ideal of the vampire, where he's like when he changes, he's evil oh, and he's nasty, monstrous, and yeah. monstrous. But like when he's not, I mean, he is charming. He is handsome. Women are just like, oh hi, Shit. how are you, Jerry? Men are throwing themselves at him, you know, <laughs> and he loves apples. Have you noticed it's, one thing I noticed about this movie? He's constantly eating apples, and I'm trying to figure out if that was like Tom Holland, like trying to work in some sort of Adam like, and Eve type symbolism. Thing. Actually, or? as it as it is, uh, Chris Sarandon was trying to invest a little bit more in the character, and he was uh, looking at fruit bats, and he uh, decided he was more descendant on an idea of a uh, fruit bat vampire, basically. So I was like, that's kind of cool, because yeah. you don't really see Chris... Well, I should take that back, because Chris Sarandon also is in Child's Play, which also written and directed by Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. So he developed a really good relationship with him, because he was not necessarily a horror kind of guy. Yeah. But the word is, he read the script and was just fell in love with it. He's like, this is actually kind of legit. And that's the it's thing. Smart. It's, it's a smart script. It works yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, It's almost a retelling of Dracula. Very much so, yeah. uh, because you actually have uh, Amy's character, when they all interact, he realizes that she's basically a spitting image of one of his past lovers, and which draws the connection and the attraction. But the thing that I really like with the whole setup is that you have the initial um, the interaction with Charlie and Jerry when he confronts him in his bedroom. And he actually, he gives him the opportunity. He's like, just ignore all this. Walk away. I'll let you live. <laughs> leave the gas and walk away. <laughs> but you don't see that happen too often. He mm-hmm. gave him, because he actually goes, you, I'm going to give you something I don't have. A choice. Right. And that's the kind of shit that always stuck with me as a kid, because I'm like, why isn't he just fucking him up and just straight up killing him? He's actually kind of, dare I say, noble. I would say it's either him being noble or it's that modern 1985 update of the vampire. They're in a suburban neighborhood. Like, yeah, he can get escorts to come in from the city and kill them pretty much without any sort of repercussions. But you can't kill the kid who lives next door to you. Without some like neighborhood watch, without somebody all like, pissed, turning into the burbs. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the thing. Like rewatching it, that was the other thing. I was like, man, the burbs stole a lot from, from this, this movie. I was like, like, oh, did you look in the furnace? <laughs> it's Jerry Kovacek <laughs> eating instead of apples. It's sardines. Right. <laughs> well, I also like the fact that. Um, when he's, I, I, I like to, I'd like to imagine just in terms, because in, in terms of kind of putting out pothole, 
potholes, plot holes. Um, why he and now that you mention it, that's why he probably didn't kill him right away. But the fact that uh, Charlie gets the the pencil in his hand, mm-hmm. and you get that first image of Jerry as Roar! the scary ass yeah. vampire, and I'd like to think that this is probably the first time he's ever had kind of a worthy adversary. Like he's either just taken him out, or he's you know they've taken the option. This is the first time someone's actually fought back, mm-hmm. and then you get and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna let's let's have some fun with this," rather than just straight up kill him and retaliate. Yeah, um, because that's that's why when I was rewatching it again, I was like, "Why didn't he just kill him after you know he's been stabbed? Like he's pissed, he's aggravated, but then he's like, "No, no, no, fuck it, I'm gonna take it down a notch." We're going to have some fun with this. Yeah. He's going to fuck him up psychologically first. I mean, it'd be easy for Jerry to just like snap his neck and be done. Well, sure. But why not add insult to injury? Why not fuck up his family, and fuck up his relationship, get him thrown in jail, just terrorize his ass? Because it's probably like been a, a good while. vampire does. Yeah, yeah. Playing with him like a like cat, a cat with, with a mouse. mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Bat he, him around. It's way more fun. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Yeah. yeah. He probably hasn't had a worthy adversary in ages. So he's like, all right, game on, man. Well, apparently in uh, part two, they said that he's over a thousand years old. So he's so. been around the block. Mm-hmm. And then again. And you almost wonder, like, it. this is probably extrapolating a little bit much, but it's the idea. It's like, it's a vampire in a modern situation. He probably is able to get away with so much. The fact that there's somebody to give him a challenge has just mm-hmm. got to probably be a really pleasant change yeah the uh, the blood cherry on top of the sunday there right uh in terms of now uh the other members of the cast uh we talked about stephen jeffries chris randon william dragsdale uh jonathan stark as his roommate who i i said it like i think maybe one of our second or third episodes on nerds of nostalgia we did our all-time horror couples in horror <laughs> they rank jerry and billy rank right up there for me man whether they're just platonic roommates whatever i just think they're a great duo billy's got his back man from from the the word get he's painting the windows black so make sure nothing happens to jerry he's always got his like hey charlie hey kid yeah right but what is he okay yeah that he's (laughs) obviously based Spoilers. Uh, based on how he goes out at the end, which is like one of the best melting. It's fantastic. It's so yeah. like that pays off so well. He's <laughs> Just, obviously like I don't know, living uh, he dead. He drank a, the a, sweet a trash. Ghoul? I th- I I like the word ghoul. That's yeah. how I've always kind of referred to him because he's he can't be killed with bullets. But they finally take him out with a stake in the heart. But he's not a vampire. But he's in the daylight, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. I, it's weird how he's his ultimate demise because mm-hmm. they never they don't hold your hand through this and say this no. is what he is. He's more the caretaker. He's his buddy. He's like just a his, Renfield type. Yeah, yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, like a badass Renfield. Right. Yeah, but not, not with the. <laughs> yes, master. Yeah, none of that. Uh, Which I think is good because if they're like master is sleeping, you know, then it would turn him to Torgo. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> well. It just it, this isn't that's not the tone of this film. No, I mean this, and it's the other it's thing. a realistic vampire movie, which right? is weird to say, but yeah. it really is a realistic eighties vampire movie. So. And then we also have, and we haven't mentioned him before, and we, my God, I mean, he makes this movie, but Roddy McDowell oh, as man. Peter Vincent. Yeah. I mean, there. In terms of iconic characters, he ranks right up there for me. Just mm-hmm. Peter Vincent, vampire killer. <laughs> now, if you did, you ever notice that in the movie they're showing when he does that whole thing and he braces the stake <laughs> that the stake is backwards. 
I think that that's supposed to mean that he's just in a bad movie, mm-hmm. but it always fucked me up as a kid because I'm like, is that how you're supposed to stuck a vampire? Like, I, doing it the hard way. Just, duh, <laughs> God damn it, I'm working for this kill. Taking the Sheriff of Nottingham approach in terms of, you know, gouging the eyes out with a spoon because it'll hurt more. But Peter Vincent is just such a great character because uh, we grew up, for the most part, with horror hosts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Elvira. Mm-hmm. Um, Cremation Mortem, right? Uh, Gregory Graves, Sven Gulli, a number of them. Yeah, these are the people that basically we were transported with that guided us along with horror movies that we were watching at home. Mm-hmm. And he plays kind of a low rent horror host who also was in low rent horror movies, which I think makes it, like he's like halfway between Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, and but. Obviously, nothing quite so classy. Uh, <laughs> like, he, it's not quite Hammer. It's more Screwdriver films. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's like the Corman. Like yeah. he's he's like Vincent Price by way of Peter Cushing. Pro- <laughs> yes, by a lot of proxy on that. <laughs> but he plays the character with a lot of a lot of genuine pathos. Oh, like yeah. you actually feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting evicted. He's getting fired. He's just having a rough week. He's a victim of the whole slasher, uh-huh. you know, uprising uh, during the mid eighties. Nobody wants to see horror old horror movies anymore. No one did see old horror movies like that. It's just in terms of vampire, they go, again, the old universal kind of Hollywood monsters. This mm-hmm. is really the first kind of vampire flick you had in a while. A very classical yeah. vampire, and film. especially yeah. in terms of the tropes they play. And now you mentioned also the, like the gooey, the when the when the horror hits in this movie, it hits. Yeah, like practical, really good practical effects. Uh, that's Richard Edlund did that, and really good POV shots, just like you see you see from Jerry's point of view and then he just turns, turns into, into a bat. bat and just kind of you see you're flying around with him and then he comes like hello hey Charlie takes the big ass <laughs> bite out of the, the apple no mm-hmm. I'm just well the thing that um that I, I actually care for the most part about these characters and that's the one thing in horror films that if you can develop any kind of a bond or rapport with the people that you're watching you grow to care for them and then therefore when the shit gets bad you start the you know the tension ramps up you're right along with the ride and that's too often, I think, in a lot of those horror films of that time, the characters, for the most part, were cannon fodder. Oh, yeah. They yeah. existed to die. Yeah. Like Shelly. Fuck Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The one... Always comes back to Shelly. Fuck Shelly. <laughs> one of these days, you will meet... You know he is an entertainment lawyer. <laughs> oh, God. He's going to sue me. He goes, how's this for entertainment, asshole? God damn it. <laughs> um, but no, I actually, like I said, I kind of genuinely care about these guys. And in fact, when uh, Evil Ed... In, Oh, it's so like, sad. Yeah, you totally. He's like, oh, somebody really cares because he's he's. You can tell he's one of those people that gets bullied a lot, yeah. even by his fucking friend yeah. Charlie. Like, because Charlie is a dick. Let's just yeah. put it out there. He's a dick. He he's, really is. Yeah, he's not bullying Ed like the way you give your friend shit. Like, he's just like, I can get stuff. out. Ed will do what I want, right? Because I'm his only friend, right? Yeah. And there's friend, that in quotation marks. Right. And there's that bit when um. Don't Jerry call me is, evil. Don't oh. call me evil. Just guy is so good. Well, it's, again, he's the horror fan. You know, you know, like an orgy of the damn. You know, he knows all of Peter Vincent's movies. But there's that bit where Jerry is about to. Um, he's almost seducing him in terms of he's he's uh, tracking him down. He's hunting him down. Corners him. And he's like, I bet you've been bullied a lot. And he, and he sees he's so fucking scared. You know, and that's the thing with Stephen Jeffries. He's I think he's actually I like his acting style. Yeah, I think he's a genuinely good actor. <laughs> Me too. Granted, his delivery is a little off kilter and eccentric, <laughs> but I like it. It adds. He's a character, mm-hmm. but he's you can see him like 
he's actually processing like, what do, what do I do? Do I let him bite me and become one? And he's like, you know, I know you're bullied, but they won't do They won't bully you no more. And just take my hand. Mm. And that's all gnarly and fang <laughs> and shit. And you can see him. He's crying and he's processing it. I remember the, one of the first times I saw it, I was like, oh, God, I kind of feel bad for the kid. Like, yeah. And then, of course, he... And the worst part is when he becomes a vampire, he obviously he's kind of a lackey vampire. Yeah. But his first gig out, man, he gets <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, he does. Like permanently scarred, man. Like to the point where I for felt eternity. bad for him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for a thousand years of pain, just a big X. He's gonna. He's like the fucking Charlie Manson of <laughs> vampires with his just bad little, you know, embell just and. Again, the effects when that happens, when he gets sizzled, oh, it's gooey. Everything in this, every effect of this movie is gooey. It's, it's a gooey effect. It, it's wonderful. Yeah. And then he he starts crying as a vampire, which I love. Just the, the little touches like that add up to really good characters. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, his eventual demise, which is oh. Jesus Christ. But how good was that transformation when this, he's dying from wolf? To werewolf to man, just like that. I would place it above the Howling, right below American Werewolf in London. Yeah, because yeah. it's I'll really because they did the stages and they were smart enough to do the little cutaways. But like every stage, that was frightening and painful. Oh, it looked yeah. like a painful death. Like he did not go out pretty. No, and that's that's the the. The thing about, like, the werewolf transformation is that it should be something that just looks like it's the most horrible thing in the world. Your your body's changing. Like, yeah. that's not a normal thing. No. That's what I love at American Werewolf in London, though. When he transforms, he is screaming in agony. Well, fuck, I remember growing up, like, fucking growth spurts and shit hurt like a <laughs> bitch. I was like, God damn arm. I'm becoming ah. a werewolf, mom. <laughs> Something's wrong with my body. Help. <laughs> well, you know, we've talked about before, like, how horror movies kind of inform our everyday lives. And this is really embarrassing, but my dad was not a gun nut by any means, but we had guns around the house. And I remember taking a few of his bullets, and he had some silver paint. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think it would actually work, but I started painting some of the bullets silver. And I remember. Piss on the Yankees, piss on the Phillies, <laughs> piss like, on the Phillies. I remember dropping a bullet into a little thing of paint vial, and I was like, oh shit, and I just put the cap on and put it back on the thing and eventually like greg why is there a bullet in my paint vial i'm like i don't know dad you know is that the silver one okay just keep it around just in case okay right. don't throw it away don't throw it away but i was I heard always, howling I was, <laughs> I was always scared of that shit like you know having maybe a piece of wood around your you know bed, oh yeah just in case oh yeah you had to stake a vampire mm-hmm. and this is also a film that covers a lot of the rules of the game well because i ain't even gonna lie sometimes when i go to like one of those like little mini like ethnic food markets and i see like the garlic clover on the mm-hmm. big thing i'm always thinking I should get one just in case. Invest in you know, it. just know, you, you never know. It's over the front door. Yeah, right, yeah, right. over the windows. You know, just don't it's, invite people. It's in. It's a good investment, man. Mm-hmm. And that's Evil Ed lays out the rules. The first time I remember really hearing the rules of you know uh, garlic. No, everyone knows the garlic steak in the heart. But this is also don't let them in. Don't let them in your house. Mm-hmm. And there's that great scene when Charlie's like, "Oh fuck, I've got it made. Then I'm yeah. good." And then sure as shit, Charlie. Yeah, mom. <laughs> Does that little Come whistle? Come and go as often as I please. Yes, <laughs> just just putting out there like I'll and see I, you tonight. And bitch. I, that's <laughs> actually technically it's a great. Uh, it's not his intro, but it's just a great establishing shot because he's just enjoying himself with a mar- with a Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Ta- the little touches like that. It's fantastic, and I do want to talk a little bit about in terms of why I think this is like the best horror film of the eighties. So. 
For I'll, let's talk about the negatives that I think are positives because in terms of '80s style, this is truly an '80s film, especially mm-hmm. Jerry Dandridge's his 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 his, his, his wardrobe. Yes, I don't know that whole like gray members only duster is pretty dope, and the scarf. Oh yeah, yeah the the scarves, the the differently colored scarves. He accessorizes really. He's well. He's fantastic. Well, he's actually. got a thousand years to accessorize. <laughs> Shit, that's probably like fucking woven from Egyptian cotton, like from Egypt. <laughs> from Egypt, you know. <laughs> I got he, it from my friend King Tutankhamen. You know. Is that real or not? That sounded legit, man. The right. way you presented that, but his duster actually pr- produces a great little like a cowl. cape. Yeah, like a little cape. And like, and like he's a perfectly full formed vamp, old school vampire in his way. For example, he his scarves are like Dracula's medallion that he mm-hmm. always wears. Mm-hmm. His duster is his cape. You know, I mean, he's got his own Renfield. He's got he buys by the rules. No sunlight. A coffin with with dirt and dirt? soil. I mean. It's a perfect vampire. He's totally debonair. He's just he oozes Culture, charisma. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, when they go to and my one of my favorite scenes is when they go and they do the vampire test at his house, Yo. and he just comes out and he's like, "Isn't that how a vampire is supposed to act, Charlie?" And he's just he's winning everyone over because he's just. I at that point I'm like, I don't care if he's a vampire. Fuck it, I'll, <laughs> I'll let him bite me. I'm totally good with that. But so the '80s style, I think, is a good time. It's a timestamp, but I think it's not necessarily a bad thing because oh. that is a hella '80s dance club they go oh. to, <laughs> and it's very '80s dancing too. Yes, and th- again, ruined my images of what I thought nightclubs were supposed to be like. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and I just go to. The, I remember going to like. Um, oh this isn't God. Orlando. <laughs> Orlando. <laughs> okay, that's going really regional here, folks. But I, I think that may have been probably my first one, actually. <laughs> But I remember going I think to those and like, first one. and it's like, yo, where is this? Isn't what I was expecting? Where's the neon signs and the vampires? <laughs> Technor from Terminator, you know, all of those kind of nightclubs that you saw. But again, I think it truly makes it 1985, and which I'm good with. Um, now, in terms of the gore, and that's the thing. In terms of you know, we had the Savinis, the Bakers, we had some uh, Screaming Mad George, John Carl Buechler, we had some amazing. Um, FX artists in the uh, back in the eighties, and I really think the the vampire effects are phenomenal yeah. because they go from very subtle to just outright demonic. Um, also, especially Evil Ed, like when he is full on vampire, he's frightening looking. Like as goofy as he's coming off, he's still legitimately like just scary looking, especially when he dons the raggedy Andy wig. <laughs> in the oven he's so scary but the effects are so good like because he's got that mouthful of teeth the fangs are so gnarly in this film i'm trying to like i'm trying to remember like what those mouths remind me of and, and they're like out of like it's it's like what the the 90s like weird scratchy art comics oh, yeah. did where it just looked like somebody was just like, okay, we're gonna do it, and we want fangs like this, and the mm-hmm. and the special effects artist was like, oh, okay, we're we gonna, can do that. We, well, that was just a rough sketch. No, no, no. There it is. <laughs> We've got it molded. It's good. Well, they're so like they're not symmetrical. 
You know, no. it's it's just it just looks like they didn't have like a good dental plan or something. <laughs> you know, they just grew where they went. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> dental the plan. Big book of British <laughs> smiles. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> they could have done the big brick of uh, vampire, vampire smiles because <laughs> um, they look like very animalistic. You yeah. know, almost yep. like they reminded Piranhas. me of right or yes. critters. Oh, oh yeah, they look like critters because they opened up wide. Yeah, and that Amy's transformation when she mm. goes full on like that scared the shit out of me when I was little. It even still is kind of s- striking when she turns around, and I mean, it looks. It doesn't look real, but I think that adds to just the the enhancement of it. Is it bad to say that I think she's kind of hot when she's a vampire? She let's does it have to do with the fact that you can pretty much just see through that dress? Uh, no, because I never really <laughs> thought like Marcy Darcy. I, when I think of like like hot like women of the eighties, Marcy Darcy is not on the list. <laughs> and like, and she was all right in this movie. You know, she's because when she's still like uh, Amy, she, she's mm-hmm. very eighties. Oh, I mean, the shoulder, the shoulder oh, denim pads, and just like the whole <laughs> the little perm. Bump. Yeah, right. I never thought her attractive, and I mean, even in fraternity vacation, once again, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Even in fraternity vacation, she was really, really, really cute. But I wouldn't say, God damn, she's hot. But when she's full on vamp, I'm like, God damn, she's a hot vampire chick. She she cleans up nice. Goes to the just what Jerry Dandridge can do for you. You know? (laughs) That's not what you can do for Jerry. That's what Jerry can do for you. Because her transformation, it's striking. And he, yeah, he he helped out Evil Ed. And he he made extreme makeover on Amy. For a thousand-year-old guy. He seems to really be interested in high school kids. Kind of creepy. That's sort of the thing that I, I like, watching this uh, was realizing. It's like, you know, that's like the one trope that really kind of disturbs me about vampire movies. It's like, guys who are thousands of years old always kind of want to bang 16-year-olds. <laughs> He's out combing the high schools all day. Like, that's the great thing about it. About high school girls. I stay undead and they all stay the same. That's <laughs> U-N-L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Ah, ah, ah. You think... <laughs> I'm living. That was fantastic. I'm sorry. That was great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to just stop right now, man. Oh, my God. But um, it reminded me of an old flame. I mean, you know, yeah. kind of like, you know. Yeah. And they and they go out of their way. To, even like his Billy was like, dude, she looks just like her. So yeah. I can understand that. So I don't know if he was necessarily looking for that, but it was just kind of happenstance. But yeah, but he every- got those escorts, though. And those escorts were, were prime grade A beef, man. I mean, figuratively and literally for Jerry. You know what I'm saying? I mean. He he knew what he was doing. He he definitely has taste and style. He, he that's does, for sure. man. He's he's the taste maker. You know, he's yeah. the, the the trendsetter with that. Uh, even his transformation into full on vampire bat. Like when that happens, that's also legitimately scary. It's gnarly. It's a. Yeah, it's, it's, that, I mean, that's a monster. Yeah. Like that's what. Like they said, the horror doesn't hit too often in this film, and it's also got a relatively low body count. Yeah. And that's the other couple thing. Couple of that, hookers, and then, uh, then the and actual then they come out, and then Ed and, and actually the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, in terms of the contrast of the films of that time, they, like I said, most of the people that were in those films were designed to die. These characters are not necessarily designed. They were designed to live, designed to care for them. Um, and the fact that there is a low body count I never took me out of it because I was actually just, I was really engrossed in the story with mm-hmm. them. Because it's um, well written. Well written. It is. And that's the other thing. I don't think Tom Holland gets enough credit just in terms of the directing style, the story itself. Um, he's one of my all-time favorites. He wrote... Uh, class of 1984, oh, okay. Psycho Two, Street Tough. Oh, he only enhanced it. Uh, 
He, uh, I think he wrote Cloak and Dagger. Mm. Really? Which, <laughs> Dabney Coleman Cloak and Dagger? Damn right, Dabney Coleman <laughs> Cloak and Dagger, man. <laughs> Jack Flack, y'all. <laughs> Never always carry my 20-sided die with me. Um, the other thing that I think holds... <laughs> come on now. The other thing that I hold up real well, and this is why I'm glad we have you here on the episode, Nick, is um, I think Fright Night is unique in terms of it has both an excellent soundtrack, but the score is one of my all-time favorites. It's so... It's a it's a classic score. It's mm-hmm. like something that you would have found like in a Hammer flick, where it's pretty and it like kind of oh, verges yeah. on being like just like classical like string quartet music, but there's menace. Oh yeah, underneath it the entire time. Brad Fidel uh, composed it, and yeah. he's uh, did the Terminator the year before. Also did Fraternity Vacation. Weirdly enough, uh, but that's I always, a great score. That 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 works so perfect. Really weird that, one. That works. That's a perfect score. But for Fright Night, to me, it was just so like seductively sinister because they're just. <laughs> that's a good way to yeah, put yeah. it. It really is because that's Jerry Danger in, in a nutshell. His, seductively sinister. His theme, man. When he's seducing Amy, oh. there's certain like like notes that he's hitting that are just getting higher and higher, and then there's just like. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. It's so good. I it, it instantly and the thing that kills me is it hasn't been released on vinyl. And again, I'm yeah, kind of. A, but the soundtrack we have right here in front of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, that is that the recent repress. The repress, yeah. Is that which the one is, the fright night, fright night. The Jay Giles, Giles ba- which is <laughs> angel and a vampire is a centerfold, and my blood <laughs> runs cold. <laughs> the weird thing is realizing that like. For all of like their one hit wonder status, that the Jay Giles band was like a good band. <laughs> like seriously, like they do. Like I mean, let's let's talk, you know centerfold, eh, eh, freeze frame, freeze frame. <laughs> um, but what's crazy about it is like they do the the Jay Giles band. Like their, one of their first releases was like a live record, and the first thing they had on it was uh, the the contours. First, I look at the purse. That they just race through. And it's like what most bands would do is like their final song. And that's the first thing they do. And it's just killer. But no, like their theme's good. The Devo song's really good. The Devo song. And the Surprisingly, song... Autograph is really... Like I have a, like, a soft spot. Soft spot? And... Well, the one, the one that... Everlyn Champagne King, man. Oh, and April Wine. You can't go wrong with April Wine. The song that we're going to hear in the background, we're going to do a little mini What's the Score segment here. <laughs> this is the one that you see in the in the dance scene, yeah. and when they're doing their little mirror dance, and then what's what cracks me up is his outfit that he's wearing. Because, again, he's super debonair, but, man... His nightclub outfit, <laughs> it's just a little off. His you know? coffee sweater. It, 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 <laughs> it's in li- the background right now. Oh, God, there we go. And he always rocking a turtleneck. Now, here we go. So we've got this on in the background, and this is the vampire test. Now, he's supposed to be drinking the holy water. and He I- is apprehensive about <laughs> it, and with good Hells, reason. Yeah, he is, because God forbid that really was holy water, he'd be fucked. Yeah, and then they'll be like, well, you're right, because you're right, Charlie. And he does this little bit where he puts it, okay, right there when he puts it at the fire. Now, back when I was watching this back in the day, I always thought that was like negating the holy water, like was burning it Like hellfire? It. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that was smart. And nope, nope, no, he just, like a boss... Mm. <laughs> I love this fucking song. This and that song in Technor and Terminator, um, Burning in the Third Degree. 
if I could recreate an 80s dance club, those would be my go-to, man. I mean, that would <laughs> everyone would come in for that one. But yeah, the soundtrack to this is a lot of fun. And it's rare that you can get a good soundtrack and a good score in the same film. And again, that's what I think kind of elevates this entire movie are the little things like that. Um, and I'm, just, I'm aching to find this fucking thing on vi- the score because they just put out the Terminator score on vinyl. Oh, yeah, uh, Milan. Yes, the- and it's... They did the RoboCop one not yeah, too long ago uh, as well. Nicholas Winding Refn. Yes. Uh, uh, drive. Yeah. And, and Neon so, uh, Demon that's coming Neon out. Neon Demon that's coming out. The uh, Maniac Cop remake that they're talking, he's going to finally put forward. going to happen. I know. Wow. I know. I know. So many cool little things with this film that, again, ultimately makes it great. But um, we talked about just kind of the eightiness of it, the score, the, um, the, the effects, the characters, the story. And again, I am a, like many of us here, we love our Freddies, our Jasons, Mm -hmm. all of those guys. But for me, this is just one of those. It came in 1985, so right in the middle of the 80s. You have a little bit of the excess. Um, You just have the things that make it so much 80s, but also you have the things that make it so much 80s because of the great... Just, again, I just... I can't... I love this movie. Like, I watched it the other day, not for research, because I just like watching it. It's on your regular rotation. This is on my regular rotation. Have you noticed... Like, I don't know. uh, There's that uh, here... And like in the area, there's that movies TV network that's the mm-hmm. over the air yeah. TV yes. network. Like last month in April, like Fright Night was on regular rotation. Like it was on like once a week. Really? Like where I'd just be like flipping channels and I'd just be like, oh, Fright Night. You know, was okay, like, that was the like week 30 I was minutes of this. Guest programming on that week. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, all Jerry all the time. Oh, fuck yeah, all Jerry all the time there. Um, Throwing the Princess Bride afterwards. And. I- I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, um, and this is a sort of like regarding Fright Night, but also sort of movies of that era. It seems the 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 ensemble in this, like you go through and you name like mm-hmm. all the major people, and that's basically the cast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it there, doesn't really go beyond that. There aren't like second string characters or third string. Right. Like, I've noticed like it almost seems like in modern films and even sort of like in uh, like the, the slasher genre as mm-hmm. well it just seemed like there would be like the cast just kept getting bigger and then you'd have these characters who would show up mm-hmm. and be in it for a little bit and then they'd come back and stuff like that like this is it's tight it's like a it's like a play it very, yeah i could see this almost kind of being a stage play just in terms oh you okay there, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> B- battling the undead over there right well that's again i think what i what works so well with this film is because you do have a small cast of characters that are constantly there. They all have their journeys as well, mm-hmm. which is really satisfying. And the smaller the cast, the more you can care about them, yeah. the more you're invested in them. Because if there's 110 people in the cast, who gives two fucking you, shits? Yeah, you lose yeah. them. But and I think, oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. No, I think it really ties back in, like, sort of into that, like, how this is sort of like a, 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 a hammer style thing in that like all of those movies had like a pretty small cast mm-hmm. it was like because it's all they're good for <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but they did the the most with it and, and i think that's one of the reasons this really yeah. works is like you've just got it's so tight so we, we might as well just go say this is probably an 80s love letter to the hammer hammer oh, absolutely. vampire movies. absolutely yeah we talked about it earlier how it's kind of a retelling of dracula via hammer via 80s and what's nice is given if you're not a student of horror but you know a lot of time you'll end up reverse engineering and then going back to the stuff that inspired it which i think you need to because then mm-hmm. you understand so much more with it and yeah. shit right now okay so they're in this is actually they're getting to the point where uh, evil ed is about to get attacked and they're in the downtown area 
Again, movies like this <laughs> street tufts, man. made me fear Unbed street tufts, dude. the downtown area because this is a frightening downtown area. I was just convinced that, you know, if it wasn't street tufts, it would be the undead street tufts. But if it was Jerry Dandridge, I was going to say, fuck it, dude. You know, if it was Jerry Dandridge, if it was Chris or anything, like, I'm yeah. shaving my neck. La, 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 la. Left, right, or left side or right side? Your choice. Even, I've got some wipes. Yeah, yeah, right. no, yeah. One of those sanitary napkins, just like, like the kind that you get after ribs. Just like, those things always smelled like Fruit Loops to me. I don't know if I'm the only one that ever thought that, but I always. It smells like Fruit Loops and vinegar. And vinegar, right? Yeah, it's got kind of sweet sour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was just always re- was reminded of that scene in Near Dark where Bill Paxson's about to do things. I hate it when they ain't been shaved, <laughs> which is another great kind of a one-two punch in terms of modern takes on vampires with the kind of the love let the modern hammer and then modern have, old vampires oh, yeah. and the new mm-hmm. batshit vampires. Yeah, because yeah. I'll say it. Near Dark was for the longest time my litmus test of like horror movies, just to see if someone could you know get down with me. Fright Night was just it was more of a mainstream film. Yeah. Um, in fact, I know it did really well in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, made back its budget pretty well. Um, Enough just, to make a sequel. Yep. Yeah. So that's the final thoughts on the original Friday Night before we go into a little bit on the sequel and the remakes. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and I think it's just I think it still holds up. And yeah, you can laugh like, oh, it's the silly '80s nightclub and blah blah. blah. But if you boil down the story. It's a timeless vampire story, mm-hmm. and if you love horror and you love vampires, I mean, this is a great movie. Yeah. It's a movie that, like, the performances, even, like, the fact someone like Evil Ed can be, like, this character that's over-the-top and scenery-chewing and just, like, leave an impression on you. But also be, like, this very emotionally affecting character, which is something that you don't often Mm -mm. get. Like, I mean, the number of 80s horror movies where you have, like, a, a, a protagonist, even not the main one, that can really affect you emotionally, like, I... I can barely maybe like a Tommy Jarvis or someone like you that. You normally don't feel bad for the villain's crony, right. right? You know, and you feel bad for this villain's crony because he was—he's basically us—and then he goes to the dark side, and literally, and then he just kind of fucks it up. He does, and he gets fucked up. Oh and my god, and painfully so. And it's really funny when you look just at him—a life and an unlife of pain. Of pain, man. Yeah. That poor guy. Like his ultimate. <clears throat> His his demise was probably very welcoming, but it's but, God damn that's dark. It is. He's it glad is. to be dead, man. But oh, finally, right. oh, sweet, sweet release. release. <laughs> but if you think about when he starts acting like a vampire, he's acting like a horror fan thinks they should because he's like one <laughs> like oh this is the oven which does make it more comical but he's also still i can't stand it it's so and even the ending of this film it's wonderful because it really opens it sets it up because you're like what the fuck was that you know and is it ed yeah we know look at him look at just again we're watching this in the background and look he's just so torn like what the what do i do man like i don't want to do this because i know what's going to happen but what other choice do i have do i die or do i keep going as a undead look at that fucking gnarly ass hand he's saying Again, That's Nosferatu right there. Yes, it that is. That is 100% Max Shrek. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that fucking red scarf, man. I'm just, just look, it's just, you can see the conflict and pain. 
It's legit. It is legit. Like he is. There is some genuine pathos going on there. And got and I I guess we would be remiss if we weren't talking about Stephen Jeffrey's uh, second career after yeah. um, which hey you know it's it makes him money and he got some so yeah, that, that hey, works for go me for, it. for me he's always evil Ed he's, <laughs> from evil Ed to evil Ed <laughs> oh, oh, oh. God damn it genius do, do we need do we need to edit that should we take that one out I'm gonna mark that one there forty six <laughs> minutes in <laughs> so yeah no uh, Fright Night perfect eighties film for me which makes it one of the perfect horror movies for me this is just mm-hmm. one that's always on my regular rotation at least once a year i will watch it if not more than that yeah. um but it went, did well enough like you mentioned there is a sequel mm-hmm. and you may not have seen the sequel i have not <laughs> because yeah it's one of those that unfortunately because of rights issues yeah it's you it's not on dvd well i take it back mm-hmm. there's a really <laughs> shitty what is it the pan, pan and scan at yeah, 1.33 <sighs> full screen and gnarly. if you're any kind of a cinephile you don't do that no you know, no 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 and like i'll hold off until i can get a decent release but um i remember hearing a podcast with the scream factory guys and they were like their their number one requested for title is fright night 2 and I've seen it. Genius, you've seen, seen it. it. You uh-huh. watched it recently, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a lot of fun. It is a good movie. I enjoyed that movie, too. It's basically, so if you don't know what it is, it's Jerry Dandridge's sister comes to town. Is it Played- Susan Sarandon? Because that'd be great. Oh, right? I wish. <laughs> that, that's the hunger. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> Actually, I wonder if, yeah, maybe she can have ties to the hunger since she was in that. You know, that's a good oh, vampire yeah. one. Ooh. Awesome. Wait, are they... They're not related, are they? No, they're no. brother and sister. Oh, oh, they're not? No, no, they're I, brother and sister. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're no, brother sh- and sister. Really? Yeah. Dude, how the fuck did I not know yeah, that? Yeah. I was like, when you're like, wait, are, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, they're brother and sister. It. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. I need <laughs> that. <laughs> That's, right? One to look, one to grow on there. Right. No. Dun, 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 dun. no, but anyway, um, Julie Carmen plays uh, Jerry Dandridge's sister, who's a performance artist, and that's how she can get, go by doing all these and vampire things. She actually ends things. up replacing Peter Vincent on his show again. Mm-hmm, which is <laughs> fucked up. Fuck, to the point where she, Peter Vincent comes and tries to kill her in the middle of filming. And he's like, oh, she's a vampire! And they're like, oh, she, he's lost his shit. Throws him in the in the pokey, in the, in the crazy house. But it's actually really good. The gore is amped up, and the special effects are still pretty held they're up. They're really good. And there's a lot of good scenes like the bowling scene I thoroughly enjoyed the bowling scene there's a scene where the vampires are like there's a running joke to the thing because Charlie totally denies there's vampires so basically yeah, he acts like there's nothing happening he goes through happened. therapy and oh. the end result is that it was just this psychosomatic Ma- manifestation yeah mass yeah. psychosis from Peter Vincent like Peter Vincent mm-hmm. caused him to hallucinate this shit <laughs> yes. so they're like just take it easy go bowling and so there's a whole thing like dude you need to calm down you need to go bowling there's a whole thing <laughs> <laughs> so we're bowling and then in the middle of it for like the vampires like let's go bowling right and so there's these vampires there's this androgynous dude on roller skates and yeah completely androgynous yes very androgynous very very grace jones androgynous mm-hmm. on roller skates um <laughs> then there's this kind of like there is a Renfield bug eater. There's a Renfield bug eater played who, by he's, Brian Thompson. He's a yeah, just a <laughs> yeah. giant dude. Just he like and he'll but he's smart because he'll like he'll pick up a bug and he'll like give he'll the name the genus, the genus and, like and the, the and the, and, the, and this everything is like Peremonios um, contemplus, commonly known as the stink bug. <laughs> he just eats it right. And then there's another like uh, werewolfy looking dude, John Grease. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a just awesome. And they go bowling. And they go, 
And they're just, ha- and it's the coolest montage. They're just having fun because the roller skate guy's rolling down the thing and like knocking them over with his hands. And then like they're all having fun. They're throwing the balls behind their back and just having a good time. And then next thing you know, they're like bowling with people's heads <laughs> and just like just just having a good time, drinking beer, eating nachos, and just like fucking it up. And it, you know, it was supposed to be the John Grises was supposed to be um, Ed, really. So yeah. that was the Ed. It, it was supposed it was to be supposed Ed, to- yeah, because now he's got a new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie's got a new girlfriend oh, and I, and she's hot she, is she was one of my hot. 80s crushes Woo, man she is fine line one <laughs> man yowzers my trousers but it almost plays a little like kind of like a remake of the first one just in terms mm. of the beats it hits which i think may why maybe why it didn't branch out as much but it's more comedic yeah it's way more comedic it's There's... directed by tommy lee wallace of yeah. halloween three fame mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's the gore is phenomenal in this. I mean, the kills and the gore, great. it's really good. She even does a performance number where she's like turning into a vampire, a vampire in front of like a mass TV audience, <laughs> and she does that little great thing when she acts like she's taking her contacts out uh-huh. and her teeth and giving them to the assistant and shit. It's it it's a really fun movie. Yeah, it is. It is really worth a watch. And I I hate to say like I I'm always like don't pirate stuff and I'm and, uh, right right, but it, it is on YouTube. It is on YouTube. It There's no YouTube. way to watch it legally. No. Oh, right. and we so. were, you were even we were trying to find like VHS copies of it. Oh yeah, like I was like like going to Liberty Hall uh yesterday actually and going, "Do you have Fright Night 2?" No. <laughs> Do you have it on VHS and the they, Liberty Hall in Lawrence has you have to ask, but if they have a, if there's a movie they don't have just ask them if they have it on VHS because they have all Do of they their have VHS. a vault? It's called the VHS vault and it nice. is in the basement. <laughs> Golly, that's kind of Going scary. They didn't a... have it, which is uh, so. If they, they don't have certain entities, must die on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Friday Night Two is worth watch. It really is. It really I is. really, really liked it. Is I it, enjoyed it. It's not. It's not as good as the original, but it's fun. by no means. But it's, it is. A, it's a fun little vampire. You're not movie. wasting your time. No, with you're it not. At all. You're not. I mean, and she actually has a great mode of revenge where she wants to turn Charlie into a vampire to so fucking she, torture him for eternity. <laughs> for eternity. <laughs> yeah. Because she's got yeah she's got this whole thing where she's transforming transforming him bit by bit. Um. So just a little where she takes a little nibble on him and you know just slowly starts training. Yeah, it's really good. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It, it is. It's a very John fun. Grease is great in it. Uh huh. The cast wacky. is once again. It's a really good cast. It it's really not as good as this one. No, but Fright Night is is significantly better than Fright Night Two. However, Fright Night Two is a very good movie on yeah. its own. It's it's yeah. you're not wasting your time mm, on that. No. Now, speaking of a waste of time, now I shouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> because Fright Night was famously remade here just a few. I think it was in 2011 mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Colin Farrell, Farrell uh, and, David Tennant, and Anton Yelcher, yeah, Yelcher and, uh, and uh, McLovin. When he, now here's the thing. I haven't seen it, and the reason I haven't seen it is I don't want to. I've got my original Fright Night. Now I'm not bashing on the remake at all. I think it's great. That Ghostbusters. Yeah, you, mm. you no. Know, I'm, I'm yeah. glad it got remade because if anything, you've got an. It's a. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. People are yeah. seeing horror. They're seeking out horror. That's fantastic. And again, ideally, maybe some kids reverse engineer and look back at the original. And from what I've heard, like Colin Farrell, like Fright Night, I guess is one of his favorite movies. Like he was. Thrilled to, to get play to the do Jerry it. Dandridge. So, like, and honestly, I haven't seen it. It's not because I don't want to. It's right, just right. because it's one of those, like, if it came on, like, while I was flipping channels, I would watch it because sure. I would. Re- 
Colin Farrell, like when he does comedy, like he's like I don't know. Imbruge is great. I don't Imbruge know. Imbruge is hilarious. I don't know why they try to make Colin Farrell into like this suave dude because he is he's made for comedy. <laughs> he's he's so good. He's pretty funny. I would rather but, I would see him in something funny any moment. But he's a but, handsome dude. Oh yeah, and, that's, and he but, can play sinister. And I can I imagine mean, he's probably got an interesting take on Jerry Dan. He was yeah. a good Jerry. I saw half an hour of this movie. Now the only reason why I didn't see the rest of it is because I had something else to do. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where it's on TV. I'm like, oh cool, oh, let's check it out. Let's see what all the hubbub's about, right? And so I watched it, and he made it very good. He was suave. He was like very handsome, very like. Hello. Hello. Yeah. You know, I'm a vampire type thing. I mean, it was very. But the thing that got me where I was like, hmm. And it wasn't Anton Yelchin. He did fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just McLovin is evil ed. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I was like, hmm. It just wasn't clicking for you? No, because I'm used to evil ed, evil ed. I'm used to Stephen Jeffrey. You know, and then it's just like. That's my evil Ed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we yeah. talked about, like, that's my Joker, blah, blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. But when you have a character, like, evil, for Iconic. growing growing up, evil Ed was the star of this movie to me. Sure. To me. This sure. Movie, he was the star. So when you do something like that and McLovin is no Stephen Joker. <laughs> well, and then um, David Tennant as the Peter Vincent character. I heard he did great. I, I heard he did okay. I and mean, they played him as, like, a, like a Las Vegas magician, kind of mm-hmm. like a, a Chris Angel. Very much so, yeah. Which I thought was an interesting approach, but again, mm-hmm. and I, I like I think Nick, like you, if I see it on, I'll watch it. I'm just I'm not going to seek it out, but I'm also not going to bash it. Yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, it's ruined my childhood. Fuck that. I still have the original Fright Night. Kids growing up are going to have their Fright Night, and whether or not they go back to the original, that's cool. Shit, anyone that's hopefully at the 35 millimeter screen, I hope maybe they're thinking it's the other Fright Night because then they can be exposed to the original. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wait a minute, who's Chris Saran and this yeah, isn't. What's Wait, his is face? Prince Humperty? Yeah. But, <laughs> although I... I, I Boo! <laughs> the Queen of Refuse! <laughs> I will say, uh, Prince Humperdinck has my the, just the greatest line in that when he's sniffing the thing. And he's like, Iocane powder. I'm sure of it. And you realize they said Iocane powder is odorless. <laughs> but he, Prince Humperdinck is so badass... He can pick up that it's, I, I love that little bit of that. And only Chris Sarandon can mm-hmm. really sell that. And what was unfortunate was Chris Sarandon was at Crypticon last year. And I was, I was too nervous to even like approach him because I didn't know how he felt because I heard he wasn't really a big fan of horror films. So I'm like, oh, fuck, he's at a horror convention. I don't know if he's going to be comfortable or not. But I would just see him like, because he still looked good. God what, damn it. What if, what if you're like sitting in the hallway because like I'm somewhere being drunk somewhere and you're just sitting in the hallway waiting for me. And then he comes up. He's like, I can make the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I've been waiting for this my entire life. Just like it's like a make. I've been waiting for this for thirty years. Right? When you wish <laughs> upon a star, I would have lost my shit had that happened. Man, my god, I would have squealed like Evil Ed on that one. And there offered is, him an apple. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> There's even a sequel to the remake. Mm-hmm. A Fright Night 2. Fright Night 2. It's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix mm-hmm. now? And it also features a female vampire, so I'm almost curious to see if they hmm. remade the I might sequel. Have to check that out tonight. Right, mm-hmm. right. I'd be mm-hmm. curious to find out. Um, but yeah, I, the, the fact that there's, technically it's a franchise. Yeah. You know, you've got the Four original movies. and a sequel, a and remake the ring and a sequel, sequel. Yeah. which is kind of unusual and cool, which I think speaks to the power of the original. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have a franchise without something good to start it out right. with. And man, in terms of extrapolating from that, I think... 
I'm I'm good with the original and the sequel. I'll eventually seek out the remake because yeah, I, as a completionist, you know, I've got to. Oh, yeah. We could do it for a remake mistake. Absolutely, yeah. and because I, you know, I want to support it. It's yeah. Fright Night in name, so you know, obviously, if you're supporting that, it's going back somehow to the original. Um, but my God, I've just I cannot wait. No, actually, I should say. This is always weird when we record these in advance. So I'm just going to say the screening was phenomenal. People wait till, wait till you hear yeah, what the people uh, say coming up after this, after we're done talking. We're going to have absolutely, people Absolutely, because that's the beauty of it at the uh, the screening. We will be talking to everyone, get their opinions, uh, their reactions on that. So, Nick, final words on Fright Night? I think this is a movie that I, I hope that everyone, like the younger audience who saw the remake, sought it out like seeks out the mm-hmm. original just to for the difference and just to see like what a solid sort of piece it's a solid piece of filmmaking just, and it honestly like watching mm-hmm. this was the reason why i understood hammer movies when mm-hmm. i started watching them i'm like oh it, it's always nice when you have this movie that's sort of like your entree into like a whole nother bunch of stuff and that's really what fright night was for me and also, if nothing else, it allows me to wonder uh, what William Ragsdale and Amanda Bierce talked about, like when they ran into each other at Fox Upfronts in like the early nineties. Like where they would have been on this. That's they right. would have been totally it, like, right. somewhere in New York. They're talking to like the the Casey Fox affiliate and just being like, <laughs> "Hey, were you guys in a movie mm-hmm. together?" Mm-hmm. Oh God, Herman said, "Oh no, who was it? Was it Hetty?" What was her name? Damn it. Oh, what? the blonde in Herman's oh, head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, Hedy. Oh, yeah. 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 Hedy. Mm, so yeah. good. So good. And we mentioned it. We actually did an episode on Nightmare Junkhead of the Fright Night Fraternity Vacation Connection. <laughs> if but you it have, is worth If you have not about. seen Fraternity Vacation, first of all, go see it. Yeah. It's a fantastic little boner jam. But basically, Evil Ed is like a side not a side character he's the main character mm-hmm. but he goes on a side mission type thing where like they're almost trying, like in super bad when mclovin goes own his own adventure and the other two have their own adventure so basically he goes off on i guess he's like they're trying to get him laid because willie from alf yes do do it do it say it uh, say you're Willie. Hey, Willie. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, so he's trying. They're trying to get him laid because, like, if they do, then like, uh, they're like the Willie is rich, so he's gonna like give their fraternity all kinds of shit, and so he winds up into Amanda Beers. And they meet at a nightclub, and we were talking about how awesome would it be if it was the Fright Night nightclub. <laughs> and it's just like we went on like all these different like tangents about it, like you know. But yeah, it's amazing because Brad Fidel does the score for Fraternity Vacation. Um, you've got um, um, oh shit, Barbara Crampton is in it. Oh, Kathleen Kinmont is in it. Who is in Brighter Reanimator and Halloween Four? And 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 they do naughty things. Oh yeah, this is glorious. And it's a boner, it's a boner jam. It's a boner. But then jam. you also get Lee Mikulski from uh, Just One of the Guys. You've got um, Tim, Robbins. Tim Robbins in it. I mean, it's 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 a legitimately funny kind of film. But yeah. there's just a weird connection between Fright Night and Fraternity Vacation. It makes so, for an interesting double feature. So definitely see Fright Night first, and then see Fraternity Vacation because it's going to make the movie significantly better it really does it enhances the entire viewing experience all right well nick thank you so much for coming in and doing this man we appreciate it no love having that so i guess until next week guys this is greg d and i'm genius mcgee and we will see you in your dreams on fright night
All right, gang, we just finished up the 35 millimeter print showing a Fright Night. For real. For real. It was fantastic. Uh, that was glorious, man, because mm -hmm. I've been looking forward to this for so, so damn long. Oh, yeah, it was just great to see 50-foot Evil Ed. 50-foot Evil Ed and just picking up all the little nuances that makes me sploosh for Jerry Dandridge. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but Jerry Dandridge and Billy Cole, my favorite couple in horror. I, hetero, homo, I don't care. They're my favorites, man. So we've got a few people here that will line up. I want to definitely hear some feedback and some uh, thoughts and reactions to Fright Night. Who would like to step up to the, the quote-unquote mic first? I mean, I can go. Oh, well, of course. Now, who is who are you Ladies here? first. I'm Rebecca. Rebecca, by any chance were friend you there the for podcast. a... Yeah, very much friend very of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Yes. So <laughs> have you seen Fright Night before? I have, yeah. And is this your first time seeing it on the big screen? It is. And what would you think? I mean, I liked it a lot, obviously. Like, it's cool seeing all the special effects, especially that big. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. It's really good effects, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't, there's not a, like, a high body count in this film. Yeah. But when the horror hits, they hit yeah. hard, man. So much, in fact, oh, man, we've got a Fright Night shirt here. This is, <laughs> this is our kind of an audience, man. So would you consider yourself an Amy, a Charlie, an Evil Ed, or a Peter Vincent? Or a Jerry Dandridge? Oh, or a Billy Cole? Probably a Peter Vincent. Because ah. I'm like a little bit of a pussy, but I think I'd step up to the plate eventually. Right. So, so vampires ever like fucking start yeah. shit, you'd be like... You I'd know, be like, the one like in the back, back but then I would... Yeah. We can but call I, you up. Yeah. You have to have faith. Yeah. Bible counts. Yeah, to give me... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give me $500, though. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, yeah. So savings we, bond. We have, we have a nerds fund for that and a right. nightmare junkhead fund for that. Yeah, no. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Was Yeah, that's a fun, fun yeah. film. I liked and it a lot. Whenever you guys announced it, I'm like, definitely going to that one. So oh, no. That, one's a, that one was yeah. a must-see for us. Uh, yeah. And honestly, just to see everything... Just I, again, this is what happens when I start nerding out over films like this. I just start Major tripping, story. and oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that intro was pretty good. Well, I'm but not I'm... gonna lie, it's Jerry Dandridge, man. <laughs> My god, that guy, like Patrick Swayze, Kurt Russell, and Chris Sarandon, I would let do awful, awful things Jerry to me. Jerry Dandridge puts the hump in Humperdinck. He does. So. <laughs> well, you know, Chris Sarandon was here in town uh, last year for Crypticon. Crypticon. Yeah. And I couldn't approach him. I was so damn. I was just looking from afar, going like, <laughs> we "There he is." We were frightened. Yes, it, we he, did the same thing. He has a presence, doesn't yes. he? Yeah. Well, you could uh, live uh, vicariously through my souvenir photo. I right saw now. that on Twitter actually, and I was just like, "Oh, that's my kind of people, man." <laughs> so that I said, Craig would be like Evil Edge, just cowering in the corner, crying and like Jerry. He, lose, he needs like, to lose the beard though; it makes him look so old. No, you know what? That's bona fide when you have a nice the gray in the beard. Yeah, like Does it. that distinguish? That's not a little very much. So man, you know that's uh, there's something to be said for that. Now you you do have a cross on your your chest there. Do you I do. have I came, total faith? Uh, well, I yeah, you know I came uh, prepared tonight because I knew it was going to be dark after the movie. So and hopefully, you and know, I do have an affinity for Celtic crosses. And you got to watch out so. for street tusks. If there's anything that this movie has taught me is you do have to have faith and never go into a downtown area because bad shit happens, yeah. especially if it's like Tom Holland writing it. From class of 1984, Cloak and Dagger, all of those things. Street toughs or street vampires come out to get you on that. Yep, and I do have a couple corners to turn, so good thing I came prepared. Yes. Be careful on that one out there. Oh, That's you're gonna, uh, you're of course. Walking down this, you're gonna, you're so cool. <laughs> so for people here that are evil led, I talked about it at the beginning. What are your guys? We got because we've got an entire crew here willing to talk here. So what are your guys' thoughts on evil led? Do we have fans of his? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he was at Crypticon too, actually, a few years prior to Chris Sarandon. Damn it! Yeah. As a guest. Yep. What I always liked about it was that he is the he's the horror nerd. Right. He's the horror nerd. Well, and, and he's the audience too. Yeah. You he's the live serial. Yeah. Exactly. So. 
And honestly, my, my favorite thing is how he's kind of a fuck up in real life. And his first little like mission he has to go take out Peter Vincent, he fucks it up too, man, and gets permanently just, like just twice, just gets twice. Like branded. Which makes you feel bad for him. At least I felt bad for him. I don't know. What do you guys? I felt bad for him. I mean, like because when he was yeah. turning into that, when he was, if you listen carefully, those howls when he was like turning, well, he was that, like. Hey. Hey. Yeah, he no, said that, 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 that sadness. It's of very guttural, to, ghastly, yeah. really. Oh, it's yeah. awful. And you see that them scene. both play that pathos, man. Him and Peter Vincent, yep. like, I should help this kid, but he's also like a demonic being, you know? Yeah. Now, that being said, and here's why I'm going to throw this out to you guys. Again, he was supposed to be in Fright Night Part mm -hmm. 2 and bowed out. Do you think that, and I picked this up the first time, when Peter Vincent takes the stake out, does that allow him to come back? I would say no because the burn mark left. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I remember thinking that though when I was a little kid and I saw the movie. I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe that's yeah. why he lived still, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I thought yeah. too. So. But didn't the burn mark leave because he was dead? Yeah. Because Alleg technically, yeah. 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 So I was old, well, old vampire mythos. Are, are we going to talk about what the hell Billy Cole is? Because he, we, we were just discussing I mean, that. So. He, we actually, he said a familiar. Sort of. A familiar? Not quite, because familiar is just still human. He's actually technically considered a ghoul. We, we came That's to a consensus on the podcast. Well, I, I, I watched the Blu-ray with the, the commentary. Of like the original Night of Living Dead zombies. Right, that, right? Where they just eat things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I watched the Blu-ray with the commentary, and the guy who played Billy Cole wasn't even sure what he was. So <laughs> It is yeah. a little vague on yeah. it, but which adds to the fun of it. Yeah, because yeah. It, you don't need to know. Well, and that's... Uh, so. I, I mean, like, there's another one in the second one, too. There, well, yeah, the, the second one is bugs. just... And he was more like Renfield. He was very Renfield-y. Yeah. Yeah. Played yeah. by Brian Thompson, yes. which was... Because the, the cast on part two also is really, oh, yeah. really good. Got, um, uh, John Grease. Yeah, John Grease. Uncle Rico also, in there. He's also the Wolfman and Monster Squad. There's good pedigree in the Fright Night yes. franchise. Who is the uh, the lead? The the lead of female Julie Carmen. Yep. I'm trying to remember her significance. Mm -hmm. so she has done some other stuff. She was also she's... in the Mouth of Madness. Yes. John, Carp John yeah. Carpenter. Yeah. Okay. Sam She's got a good horror pedigree as well. Yeah. Yep. And that one actually, that one's a lot of fun. Fright Night Part it's Two. It's very. The special effects still hold up. They're oh, yeah. very good special effects. Yeah. I'm Fright gonna go home and watch. Fright Night it. is a, <laughs> yeah. a movie. I actually do special effects makeup. Ah. I'm doing actually working on a feature length film, and Fright Night was the movie that. Made me want to be a special effects maker. That's right. Nice. What's what? What are you working on? Um, it's uh, we're getting ready to announce it this week. It's called Exposure. Uh, we're going out to uh, Colorado for two weeks in September, first week in October, and it's um, basically two people in the woods, but they uh, it's kind of like very um, Lovecraftian inspired. One of the one of the characters starts turning into some sort of creature by the end of the film. So. Oh, so you got a little bit of a Cronenberg kind of vibe going yeah, on? That's uh, tentacles very, going yeah, on. You would yes, exactly. So where uh, where can our listeners find that online? Um, we're getting ready to launch. Um, the website and everything sometime this week. Um, you can probably go through my website, monstermakerbynight.com, and then I'll send information on that. Excellent. So, well, good yeah. luck with that. That's fantastic. Well, we yeah. love. I, I'm going to come see you online because I wrote a horror movie that I hope to do here locally. Very so cool. I'll, I'll need you. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I'll come see you because I live a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I've always loved, I always loved them, and Fright Night was always one of my favorite horror films. Uh, I saw it on a whim. Me and some friends were like, oh, let's get a horror film. Well, I just recently had been, been able to rent scary movies. So we got this and whatever. We watched another one. It wasn't scary. We watched Fright Night during the day. 
and it terrified the shit out of us. And it instantly became like the movie that I, I mean, this was back in VHS, VHS days, mm-hmm. where VHS was like $89. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the, the video store cut me a deal and sold it to me for 10 bucks. Nice. So nice. I had the actual... Had and it has one of the greatest VHS covers of all time. Yes, exactly. Which I, we, I was trying to find it online. Does anyone know the artist by any chance? I do not know. It's I can't find it anywhere. Which Tom is Holland. it's pro- probably yeah. Jack of all trades. Well, did you? Um, since we're on the subject of Fright Night, uh, the uh, the third one that was never made because of uh, did you ever hear about that? Tom no. Hall, oh no, Tom, yeah. Tom Holland because, talks about it. Because the Mendez brothers, the, the Mendez brothers, oh, the yeah. Melendez brothers, the yeah. ones that the kids. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Tom the producer. Tom Holland and Peter. Uh, Tom Holland and Roddy, Roddy McDowell very much into making it, and we're negotiating um, with um, whatever the his Melendez and when they got shot. And he was all set. They had the idea for the script and everything, and then he was murdered. And and I think that's where the rights issues with Fright Night 2 come from as well, which is why you can't find it anywhere except yeah. for like a really yeah, bad pan well, and I've, scan I've, on. I've heard that Lionsgate owns okay. quite a bit of it. Um, they don't want to release it for some reason, which the, irritates the, the crap. The quality of the DVD for part two is absolutely dreadful. Well, that's I mean, also, it's like it's a VHS. Also full frame. Yeah, yeah. You can, now you can go online and get a bootleg of the widescreen version, which I have, but nice. it's. So it's the only version you can get out there, which really ticks me off because it is just as There's good money as to be made. Just give there it is. T- give it time. Yeah. I, believe, I, figured, I figured when they released the remake that it would have come out, but it didn't. Unfortunately. And the less said about the remake, the better. Yeah. Are you guys going to check oh. out the You're So Cool Brewster documentary when it comes out? Yeah, I already I, uh, kickstarted have you, it. I was going to say, how many of the, We've yes. all probably donated yes, to I that one. I kickstarted the crap out of that. But I'll kickstart it. Oh, it so looks open. great. It's already, it's already, it's already On pre-order. Ended, but yeah. It'll come out. I think it's... Um, I think they said in July or so, yeah, that it's going to come out. And it's, and it's uh, like, what, six hours? They, they interviewed, like, literally every single human being from nice. one and two. I think nice. since uh, Never Sleep Again has come out, people are really starting well, it's to... the same people, I it think. It is, I think, yeah, yeah, because they're just investing a lot of time and money, and those are and just fantastic. you can fantastic. actually buy Peter, ja- or Peter, Jesus, Peter <laughs> Vincent action figure through that company, the guys nice. that did that. So cool. there's actually Peter Vincent uh, action figure. Now. And, yeah, Roddy McDowell in this movie is so damn good. Yeah. I oh, mean, he's, just, he's, he's good in everything. everything. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And now, Overboard. you know... Well, the thing was that he said the only reason he did the sequel was simply because he loved working with William Ragsdale. William Ragsdale, mm-hmm. he just thought, was the best actor he'd ever worked with and immediately signed on and wanted to do the third one for the same reason. Yeah, oh. the, the cast in this film, just top to bottom, is so damn good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's really no weak links, and that's why you act... I, I care for every single character in yeah. there. Even it's, Jerry and Billy, man. I'm going to say especially up. Jerry and well, Billy. Yeah. I declare. Right. You know, that's, uh, yeah. There is a part yeah. of you that always kind of wishes that Jerry wins. Sure. He's seductive, man. I mean, the best part of the film is when he gives him the opportunity. He's like, I'm going to give you the choice. Something I never had. Mm -hmm. Walk away. That's a great line. There's so many times of it. You could tell throughout the entire film. He was just like, I'm I'm fucking with you guys. Oh, yes. Oh, goodness. Oh, better grab that. No. I'm messing with you guys. I I could kill you at any given time. His confidence is just unequal. And towards the end, even like when he's like, you know, you got to have faith again. When he says Mm -hmm. it the second time, he's still just like, I can kill you right now. Yeah. And it's probably the first time in a long time he's actually had competition. He's like, oh, he's yes. About it. I'm going to get my blood boiling here. And um, Amy's final transformation. Boner killer or ultimate like... I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the yeah. makeup effects Steve, were uh, left yeah. over from Ghostbusters, well, weren't the, they? The, the, uh, the, the Jerry, big the, mouth thing no, no, she no, had no, 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 no. The no. Final, final Jerry demon. Yeah. Oh, okay. was left over. Oh, okay. But the mask thing was made by Steve Johnson, who... Oh. Um, Worked with Rick Baker, and essentially oh, yeah, that's they, the guy that did Night of the Demons. Yes, yeah, yeah, Night of the Demons, and I'm just glad like Jerry Danger just didn't put like a lipstick in her his boob. <laughs> you know, yeah, just yeah. Like a yeah. Lillian, 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 Lillian,
I can't get my makeup on straight. My God. So, final thoughts here, guys, regarding Fright Night? Uh, I've got a question for you guys, actually. Yeah. Where did that print come from? Because it looked great. Uh, you know, uh, was Brett it 30 years it, old? I no, think, no. They actually printed it, he said, in 2011. Oh, okay. So, it was a recent <laughs> print, which obviously, yeah, because it was damn near pristine. Yeah, yeah. Which amazed. is. Well, that's the beauty of this whole horror show series, is, you know, you're going to get some of those that are nice, and you're going to get ones like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 that are definitely more challenging for him, which adds to the character and yeah, the charm absolutely. of the film. Yeah, no, yeah. I, it was cool to see the little breaks and stuff yeah. that you don't see anymore. So, huh. In yeah. the business, they call those cigarette burns. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Fight Club. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if I'm the only one, but every time I see one, I'm like, switch, and then pop, it happens. Yep. So, yeah. No, my <laughs> final thought is, yeah, thank you so much. It was really a oh, yeah, It's no, a that's... movie me and my brother enjoyed from our youth. Oh, no, so it's... So it, it really meant a lot to us. And so. that's just it, man. That's the best thing about these screenings is the communal experience, seeing these things on the big screen, oh, yeah. and seeing the reactions. I, and I just... found out about it, what? Friday, and I live in Topeka, Kansas. Oh, nice. So I was just like, oh shit, I gotta go up here because how many you came all people? the way here from Topeka? Yeah. Wow. That's I mean, devotion. That's devotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You're gonna get to see Friday Night on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, right. And 35 millimeter for yeah. that matter. I mean, well, that's yeah. the beauty of this. Yeah, so, yeah. Only at the Alamo. I mean, they're the ones that do all the retro movies. You know? yep. And the fact that they have the, the projection and this, the skilled projectionist as well, which is fantastic. Yep. So, yeah, June 4th, you guys, Day of the Dead. June 21st, Return of the Living Dead. Yep. We're looking I'll forward to it. Excellent, guys. Well, thank you guys for coming out tonight thank you so thank uh you. genius last thoughts yeah which one which character do you guys recognize uh relate with the most charlie ed i'd say peter <laughs> charlie charlie oh peter here. peter yeah. i would say charlie charlie Ed. 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 Ed myself, man. I think we're all Ed fans here because he is us as it is. Yeah. So I guess until next week, guys, this is Greg D. This is Genius McGee. We'll see you in your dreams. Bye.